0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanlist co- Podcast. It's a new week and there's new tournaments to talk about on the ATP Tour, but also we'll be reacting to the results from last week across Europe. Um, joining me as always is Michael Gillett from sunny but a little chilly Bournemouth in his icicle of a bedroom. How are you getting on,
1: mate? Yeah, we've got no boiler for uh, people that don't understand the reference, but I'm very much hoping in... A few hours' time, that is not going to be the case. Uh, Yeah, pleased to be here, nice, on this early morning, uh, love a morning podcast, uh, and yeah, let's uh, get into it. Typical university landlords, eh? Um, Yeah, no,
0: uh, hope you're all having a good week and looking forward to the tournaments that lie ahead of us. Let's get into it. So to kick off the pod, we'll be reacting to the finals and and, and the tournaments that we previewed towards the back end of last week and uh, getting the win in St. Petersburg, the biggest event of last week, the 500 tournament there in Russia, was one of the home favourites, not the number one seed, the number three seed in the end it was Andrei Rublev. He beat Croatia's Borna Choric in the final 7-6, 6-4 after coming through a a very entertaining semi-final matchup with Denis Shapovalov in, in three sets. Um, it was a big win for Rublev. Rublev his first um, his first tournament title, I believe, post lockdown. After being very prolific um, it, um, before before the coronavirus enforced break. So for me, he I mean he struggled a little bit against Hugo and Bear in one of the early rounds, but it was a very very convincing week for the Russian. And um, yeah, just. Uh, just um, improves our estimation of him and um, that he's definitely one of those next-gen players that we think could be competing for slams in the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, it's a great week for Rublev and really continuing a, an impressive 2020. It's his fourth title in 2020. Um, and as you say, I think the other three all came pre-lockdown, so I think it's encouraging for Rublev that, He's been able to keep up the, the good performances. We saw him at the US Open. I'm trying to remember where he got to in the US Open now. I know he, he he had a very good performance there. And Did he go out to Medvedev? So, yeah, he did go out to Medvedev um, in, a, in a really good match. I want to say that was a fourth round or a quarterfinal. Um, but yeah, you know, it's great to see him doing well. I think also a brilliant week for Borna Chorich, who, of course, um, has... Faded off a little bit since um, he was uh, ranked as high as uh, 13 in the world. Uh, It might have been a couple of years ago now. Um, So, yeah, good week for him. He's moved up three places to 24th uh, in the world. So, um, yeah, uh, good weeks for both of them. But I think Rublev was always going to be favourite to win that and um, just continues a really impressive year. He's He's, I think, uh, seventh or eighth on the year-to-date rankings, uh, which obviously changed a little bit now because it's all including points from last year. I think if you actually did the race to London rankings like they're normally done from January, I think Rublev is about three or four in them. Um, he's had an exceptional year, and um, yeah, fair play to him.
0: Yeah, really excellent form from Rublev. He's creeped up to eight in the world in the uh, non-year-to-date rankings. Um, so that's that's. Uh, come quite sudden, really, you know, a real meteoric rise this year. I think he was outside the top 100 as um, as recent as as early 2019. Um, good read for Borna as well. As mentioned, you know, he's back up to 24 in the world, which is good to see. Um, he had slipped as low as uh, the high 30s towards possibly even over the 40 mark um, before lockdown. So, you know, good vibes across uh, across Eastern Europe from that pair. Uh, moving on to the other tournament played on the hard courts, which was in Cologne. There's also going to be a, a sort of repeat of the tournament this week that we'll be previewing in, in a bit. But the first title was won by another um, home favourite in Sasha's Zverev. This time, he beat Felix Auger-Aliassime in straight sets in the final. Sadly, it's a bit of um, finish line nerves again for for Felix. You know, he didn't go into this one as favourite. However, it was his sixth. Uh, straight ATP tour final loss um, the young Canadian is yet to win a title so you feel like he really does need to get that sort of monkey off his back you'd say um it was impressive win I mean we both had our doubts about him in, in the last episode and Felix got into the final with a very impressive win over Roberto Bautista a good so um as as to come through that challenge in straight sweats um is impressive and um Definitely shows that he can he can recover from that disappointment, particularly at the US Open.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting uh, Zverev to win. I think I had him to go out in round two to Kruginovic, which ended up being a city uh, pick. But um, yeah, I think a, a really good week for Alexander Zverev. Um, convincing win over Felix. I, I think even though he's got this nil and six record in finals, Felix, I think, end of the day he still is only 20 to make six finals at the age of 20 um he's very good but I was looking before he um he's 22nd in the world now Felix but he was ranked as high as 17 nearly a year ago so obviously this year's been a little bit hampered by um the lack of tennis but I think this year maybe hasn't really been as good as Felix would have wanted with Uh, a fall in five ranking places as it stands since last November. And um, at the age of 19, obviously last year, I think he would have been a little bit disappointed that uh, his progression wasn't continuing. Because I think we were quite hoping that we could maybe see him uh, challenging for a top 10 place this year and and really challenging at the top. But I've got no doubt he can do that. He's just, um, like you say, probably just needs to get over the finish line. And I think when he does get over his first finish line and get that title, I think it'll mean a lot to him. And we can't slate on him too much for uh, for losing to Zverev because obviously Zverev was number one seed, um, now a Grand Slam finalist. So, um, yeah, but good win for Zverev. Um, Be interesting to see how he does this week in uh, Cologne, which uh, I think we've kind of, Swapped in the sense that I think you went for Zverev this week and I didn't, uh, and now I think I've gone for Zverev to win a second title, and now you haven't. But yeah, we'll get on to that. Yeah,
0: it must be said, uh, um, despite the loss, a very impressive week from Felix. Um, I think I think he was a player that we highlighted in our very first episode of this podcast when we were talking about potential winners and losers of the coronavirus enforced break, and um, you know, coming off a couple of disappointing performances i think he lost to nishioka at the, at the us open put that behind him and um, click that reset button that we were on about um, back on back on the hard courts on the on the um, the lesser tour circuit you'd have to say that he might feel a bit more comfortable in in the, in the three set matches and um, yeah good performance to reach the final and uh, yeah i've got him to do strongly again this week in cologne but moving on to the clay courts in italy down in sardinia And, uh, disappointingly, Lorenzo Musetti, the 18-year-old player that we tipped up in the last episode, he lost in his semi-final match, having to retire, unfortunately, at one set all with the Serbian player, Laszlo Jere. Jere actually went on to win the title. It was his his, uh, second ATP title, both coming on clay. Uh, This one is first at um, 250 level. And uh, he managed to sort of grind it out. An impressive win. I think he was the... uh, an outsider in the final against Marco Cechinato. He managed to come through at 7-6, 7-5 after Cechinato had thrashed Danilo Petrovic in the semi-final. So, Jere, still quite a young player now, 25, 26 years of age, I believe. Um, So, a good win for him, you know, good for him to get his hands back on some silverware and get that belief back up because he did show a lot of promise after winning that initial 500 title uh, last year, I believe, or... um, Late 2019, 18, early 2019, I believe. Um, but since then, you know, he's fallen back down the rankings. I think he was as high as the 30s or the 40s, and now he found himself in the mid 70s before this final. Um, but getting the win over Chechenato, who was actually outside the top 100 before, before um, obviously, the rankings have updated this week, um, it was a very impressive win. You know, we, we, I've definitely had Chechenato down to win this, and um, yeah, no, a very satisfying um, win to come through in straight sets and lift the title.
1: Yeah, twenty-five years of age, uh, Jere, and um, it was Rio 2019 that uh, he won uh, as his first title, and um, yeah, I think um, a great week for him. Um, he was actually as high as 27 uh, in June 2019, which surprised me when I saw that fall apart. I didn't realise. Uh, He got into the world's top 30. Um, He's gone up 21 places now, back to 53rd. Um, But yeah, I think a a very good feel-good week for both of these players in a way because although Chechnetta, I think a lot of people expected to win because although he was outside the top 100, I think we all know that on a K court he's better than that. Um, I still think it's a good week for him. It's the first time he's been in the top 100 since uh, uh, February this year. Uh, so spent a little time out of it. Obviously, the lockdown suspension as well. Um, he's now back up into the world's top 80. Um, but yeah, I think it is a very impressive win for Jerry, um, who I think is one of these players that kind of did win Rio last year, but I think maybe just slipped under the radar. But I still probably couldn't have told you an awful lot about what he's done since Rio because he obviously just hasn't done particularly brilliant and hasn't really backed that result up, but he'll hope that a win like this, um, is, is, is really good for him, which I I think it is. And like you say, it was a shame to see Massetti retire from that semi-final because he was a player that, uh, 18 years old. I thought we were actually going to see him win his first title at 18, which I think you said on the last pod you can remember a, a player doing that, um, at such a young age recently, and, and I agree. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame I, I'm not actually aware of how bad the injury is, but I'm hoping it's just a um, a minor thing and we can see him back on court within the, the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, definitely. Best wishes to Musetti. Um, just touching back on uh, Laszlo Gere, I know he got to the semi-final of Kitzbühel. Which was um, a weirdly scheduled tournament in the in the second week of the U.S. Open. Uh, he went out to Yannick Hanfmann, um, the, the German player has been on fire, really. He'd have to say since lockdown. Um, even even in I remember watching uh, following some exhibition tournaments over over lockdown, and Yannick Hanfmann was always doing pretty well in those. Um, so you know, I think we can um, excuse Jere that defeat, given that you know he's he's come back strongly and 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 won in Sardinia. So. I think we can expect some strong performances from him in in the weeks to come. But moving on to this week's events. And uh, so there's going to be a second event in Cologne and another tournament in Antwerp, one where I'm definitely more familiar with seeing Antwerp tournament on the tour quite a lot. It's the one Andy Murray won last year, of course. Um, But we'll stay in Germany to begin the uh, the predictions part of our podcast. So we're both just going to run through our quarterfinals for both of these tournaments. We'll have a little bit of a discussion and then um, we'll give a little um, punt towards who we think will win the title. Um, So just to run through my four quarterfinals for Cologne, um, I get the feeling we might have a few differences in these ones, which hasn't been too common of late. Um, so to get started, I've got at the top of the draw. I've got John Milman versus Miriam Ketchmanovic. Then uh, second one, I've got Denis Shapovlov versus Yannick Sinner. And then in the bottom half, I've got Jean Leonard Struff versus Felix Ajay Aliassim. And the last quarterfinal, I'm now going to coin the nickname ADF instead of Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, um, just for yeah ease of ease of time and. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful at times and obviously his great performances in the last couple of weeks suggest we could be talking about this player quite a lot moving forward. So I have ADF versus Diego Schwarzman. How do you, uh, how do you shape up compared to that?
1: Uh, so first quarterfinal, I've got uh, Zverev. Uh, I'm backing him to get through that match with Milman. In fact, I'm backing him to win the tournament. Um, I've got him against Ketmanovic. Um, like you, I've got Denis Shapovalov against Yannick Sinner in the second quarter final. Although I know you were backing uh, Herkash to get through, but he's obviously withdrawn from the tournament injured. Uh, so Sinner, you will think, uh, should be able to get through that little that section of the draw. Um, and then I've actually got two quarter finalists already out. Uh, my, my third quarter final was Kyle Edmund against Felix Auger and Erisim. but uh, Edmund lost yesterday. In fact, was thrashed yesterday by Yoshito Nishioka. Uh, so he is out of my draw. And um, I had Marin Cilic to face Diego Schwartzman, but Cilic lost in straights to Steve Johnson yesterday. So I think you'd probably bet on to uh, ADF, I'm sorry, to um, get through that match with Johnson and and, and meet Schwartzman in the quarter. But uh, Johnson, I think, has also himself had a had a few decent results of, of recent.
0: Yeah, just to touch on one of the casualties in in the first round. Marin Cilic going out in straight sets to Steve Johnson. Quite disappointing, you know. Last week he did lose to ADF in three sets, but was a set and a break up and looked like he was going to go on to reach a. a Quarter final, or even a, a semi final of that tournament in Cologne, which I think we both had him to get, um, get, reach one of the deeper rounds. Um, you know, at 32, it does feel like he is deteriorating quite quickly. Do you think it's a lack of motivation? Do you think, I don't know, is he lacking variety? Is he injured? Um, it doesn't like he, he's come back after lockdown as one of those players that I thought might be able to revitalize and just, uh, practice hard on what we know he's good at you know the powerful side of his game you know this is a former Grand Slam winner and Wimbledon and Australian Open I believe finalists we're talking about and at the age of 32 he's on his way to slipping out of the top 50 without um missing a lot of tour events due to injury it seems um so yeah just I'd like to get a little bit of your assessment on the current state of Marin Cilic you know he's a massive player that on um on their their top level, you'd have to say he'd still still be in probably in the top ten if you had to if you had to sort of go down the rankings like that. What do you make of him at the moment?
1: Um, yeah, I think we spoke quite a bit quite early on on the winners and losers uh, on our first podcast, and I did I don't know if I said Marin Cilic, but I did sort of raise the argument that maybe it'll be a good thing for the younger players because maybe some of the older players will come back to the game. And they maybe haven't put as much time and and effort into training because, uh, you know they they might already be satisfied with their careers and they're happy. Like I, mean, I, I think Chilich has got a family. Um, you know, so would have maybe just enjoyed spending more time at home with his family compared to someone like a a Dominic team who would have spent lockdown working very hard so that when he could come back, he could get that Grand Slam win that he did get and. So maybe that is a little bit the case with Chilich. It hasn't been a good return for him, but I can't ever really write him off because I think we know that he's a kind of a little bit like Stan Ravrinka, Maybe not as extreme, but obviously Stan Ravrinka can just really turn it on. And 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 what I mean, he's done it at three Grand Sams now. He's won one or uh, three of them, and uh, I think uh, Chilich is very much that sort of player. you... You maybe might write him off, and then all of a sudden he'll come through and he'll, he'll blow you away for a week. He'll you know, win a U.S. Open, or he'll get to the final of Wimbledon or Australian Open, and which he he's done in the past. So I don't know. I think I'm not saying he will hit those heights again, but um, I don't know if it's sort of it's I, it's not the end for Marin I'm sure. I think he'll um, he'll finish this year, and then maybe he'll. Um, He'll he'll try and revitalise himself for, for next year. I think it's been a very odd year. So it's it's very hard to judge at the moment. Um, but I, I I won't write Marian Trilich off yet. I think we could still see a little bit more to come from him.
0: Fair enough. I hope so too. Um, you know, thirty two years old. He's still got still got plenty of time on his side. Just to mention the main shock that I haven't really explained myself yet, and I've got. Um, John Millman to beat Sasha Zverev in the second round in Cologne, which will be Zverev's first match as he got a bye first round. Uh, the Aussie takes on Fernando Vadasco, who knocked out Andy Murray last week in the first round. So I've got him to come through that and then beat Sasha Zverev. Um, just mainly due to inconsistency that we see at 250 level, I'd have to say. Um, either, even the better players come in and have some pony losses at times, to be honest. So um, yeah, just. Just a prediction based on the um normal sort of climate of the ATP tour down at two fifty level is what I've based my prediction off here. You know, Milman's definitely a, a good enough player to um to push Zverev on his day. You know, he was guest of the player, I believe, in the last episode. Um and and he's beaten Roger Federer at a grand slam was one of the clues there. So, you know, he's definitely proved himself as someone that can test and uh, get wins against the top ten players. So yeah, um I think yeah, Milman's got a good chance should he get past Vdasco taking on the German player. Um just to uh, mention who we've got to win the title obviously. You said you've got Sasha Zverev to make it back-to-back titles on the tour and I've got Felix Auger-Aliassime to finally get that monkey off his back at the seventh time of asking and I've got him to beat well, I did have him to beat Hubert Herkash in the final but uh Perkash has pulled out. So I'd say from here, I'll probably have him to beat Denis Shapovalov in an All-Canadian final, which would be a pretty exciting match, to be fair, if it does come about. But uh, to move on to Antwerp and um, competition in Belgium, of course, with the top Belgian player being number one seed David Goffin. I've got him in the top quarter final in my draw. I've got him to face Richard Gasquet, who's Come back on a, a little bit of form. Um, challenged Neil Medvedev in the first round of St. Petersburg last week, so I feel like he could he could make the quarters here. Um, so I've got Goffin versus Gasquet. Actually, originally I did have Tommy Tommy Paul, I have to admit, but he went out to Lopez yesterday, um, and I've got Gasquet to face um, Lopez slash Tommy Paul, which is now Lopez. So I uh, I had Gas so I'm going to say that I've got uh, Gasquet to go to the quarterfinal. Um, yeah, if you do, if you want to join in the fun, it's tennisdrawchallenge.com. dot um, You might get a little bit more of an idea of what we're on about, but um, yeah, basically just predicting predicting the draws for this week. My second quarter final is Grigor Dimitrov versus Cameron Norrie, who I have to beat Milos Raonic after some good wins last week. And then in the bottom half, I've got Dan Evans versus Karen Hachov, and Riley Opelka versus Pablo Carreno the US Open semi finalist. Uh, how are you feeling about that? What's yours like?
1: Uh yeah, I've tried to go for the sort of the safe option with Antwerp and I've done it very much by seeded players. Um but like you, uh where I did go against that, I had Tommy Paul to get to the quarterfinal, final, obviously beaten by Lopez at the age of thirty-nine. Uh brilliant win for Feliciano Lopez. Uh so I would probably back um, Goffin maybe Lopez I think I'll, I'll back Feliciano Lopez to make the final. and um, then I have Grigol Dimitrov against Milos Reinic. um Dan Evans against Karen Hatchinoff like you have and then I've actually gone for Taylor Fritz to play uh, Krenio Buster um, so that Taylor Fritz Opelka first round match will um, decide a little bit about who's who's gonna look Good in that, and if we're going to go on to the winners, I'll just do mine now. Sticking with the seeds, I've got the number one seed to play, the number two seed in the final, so that's David Goffan against Pablo Carreño-Buster, and I've gone for Goffan to win uh, on his home surface. Interesting, yeah, interesting shout. Just to
0: explain my Cameron Norrie shock a little bit, might be a bit of a recency bias now that I think of it, but... Um, I've kind of based it on Milos Ralanic doing really well in the Western Southern Open and then going out first round in the US Open to Vasek Pospisil so I've sort of collated that to this and uh, he did quite well, got to the semi-final and lost to Borna Chorich in St Petersburg last week so this year um, this week, uh, beg your pardon I've got him to, to flop somewhat and go out to Norrie who beat Fritz and um, Kechmanovic last week quite impressively. I've actually got Karen Hatchinov to win the title. Um, the, rush, the young Russian um, has done well in, in, on uh, indoor uh, tournaments in, in recent years, beat Novak Djokovic in the, I believe it was the Paris Masters towards the back end of maybe 2018 or 20, even 2017 now. And, um, yeah, I feel like he's due a big performance. You know, he's got big serve, he's got a big game. You know, he was one of the, he was the poster boy of Russian tennis, you'd have to say, before the likes of Daniil Medvedev and Andrey Rublev have sort of surpassed him. So I've got Hatchinov to sort of throw his name back in the hat and uh, win in Antwerp. And I've got him to beat David Goffin in the final, who had actually slipped under my radar and has had some quite good wins post lockdown. Um, so, yeah, Karen Hatchinov for me. You've got David Goffin. Um, so, yeah, look out for those this week as the draws progress. But to move on to arguably the main event, arguably just dessert in the Tennis Fan List podcast, And it's Guess the Player. I'm going to be asking Michael some questions this time around. So, five clues on one player. And the first clue to get started is pretty vague. He's a 26 year old.
1: Okay, a 26. We'll go for Dominic
0: Team. Good guess. I did refrain from picking a player inside the world's top three. Um, So it's no, it's not Dominic Team. The second clue, I mean, this is quite a harsh clue. I'm not going to lie to you. However, if you know it, you'll probably get it straight away. Uh, His coach currently, uh, appointed in 2019 is former Andy Murray coach and women's professional player Amelie Moresmo.
1: Oh, Born of Toric? No, he's younger than that. I've, I've said my guess, but... Yeah, I only take first answers, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah. Um, no, good guess. It's not. It's not born of Um Right, this guy, I was surprised to learn this, but um, his career-high ranking
1: is 10. Okay. I need to think about the Amy Moresmo because I know she is on the coach. I know I know she's coaching. And I'm sure I've seen her on in the stands. So I must have watched this player fairly recently. Tenth in the world, but if it surprises you. 26 years of age. Um well is French, so it could be a French player. Um 26 years old French player that's been as high as 10 in the world. Maybe it's not a French player. I can't think of anyone who matches the the requirements. Uh, let's go for Taylor Fritz. Fairly certain he's never been top 10.
0: Uh, no, sadly not. Um, I thought, as I've been quite harsh here, I... Add another little mini clue alongside queue number four, which is um, this player hasn't played on a, an ATP tour event, if you don't count exhibitions, since a challenger event in early March, where he lost first round to Noah Rubin. So that doesn't give you a lot, but you know that you won't have seen him at the US Open or anything like that.
1: Uh, his current
0: ranking, which was it's the main clue number four, is sixty nine.
1: Right, so probably one of the players that um, has maybe sort of boycotted the rest of the year. We've had Nick Kyrgios, and Nick Kyrgios is probably about 26, but he's never really had a coach, I don't think. I'm sure I would know if Amelie Marisman was coaching Nick Kyrgios, so I, I don't think that's the case. But hasn't played, do you say, since March? Right, and that was a challenger event. Um Hmm so I'm wondering why they're not playing. Uh I'm trying to think if there's anyone injured I can think of, but there isn't. Did you say their current ranking? What was that?
0: Yeah, sixty nine. The last clue was current ranking so someone has um,
1: fallen down quite a bit from... Yeah,
0: just to give you another hint, he got to his first Grand Slam semi-final in the Australian Open in 2019.
1: Oh. semi finalist to Australia last year. So that was Djokovic and Nadal final. They both got through their semis very easily. Um... You've given me too many clues. I should know this. this it's Casper Ruud all over again. Um, I remember it being like a... I, I remember there being an unlikely semi-finalist um, at the Australian Open. It didn't go very well for them in the semi. Um, is there any more clues? Go on. Put me on yeah. my misery. I
0: mean, I would forgive you. I've... Forgotten this man in in, in recent weeks. Um, he is a bit of a sleeping giant, we could say. Well, <laughs> that's generous, but um, you know, definitely a, a. There's a top player in there. Uh, my last clue was just that he's from France. Oh, okay. So, he's,
1: oh, I know who it is, and I, I knew I know I knew Emily Marisway was his coach, It's Luca Poyi. Correct, yeah. I say
0: yeah, every yeah. commentator pronounces it differently. <laughs> uh,
1: that's um, that's weird. I Literally, I think this is the first time I've thought about Luca Poi in so long. I'm surprised he's still 69 in the world. I reckon that's probably the new ranking system helped him out a little bit there. Because Why is he not playing? Do we know?
0: I assume he's injured. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's fallen down quite a lot. I remember seeing him Sort of 2019, 2018, you'd see him in like a semi-final, quarter-final
1: every week. Um, yeah, well, I'm pretty sure there was one guy. Getting as high as 10. I'm in mean, 26 now, but I feel like he's been playing ATP tennis since he was quite a bit younger than that. I, yeah, God, that was a good guess of player because I he completely set my mind. I mean, as soon as you said he was French, I mean, I know I was thinking of a French player earlier on, but yeah, I do remember him getting to that. Australian Open semi-final, and if I'm right, I think it's who Nadal knocked out in the Australian that year. Could be wrong on that. I do remember Nadal and Djokovic both literally sailed through their semi-finals, and it looked like it was going to be a fantastic battle between the two of them in the final of the Australian, and then Djokovic just completely sailed past Nadal, and that uh, very much opposite to, to the French Open a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, so... It just clicked on uh, Clue 5. Guest of player this week, Luca Pui. Definitely something to keep an eye on if he can return to fitness soon. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, We hope you enjoy Cologne and Antwerp this week. We'll be back later on in the week, probably Thursday or Friday, to look ahead to the quarterfinals, semifinals or finals, whatever whatever stage you're at this week and react to um, some good matches, which I'm sure will be a plenty um, in, in, in these events. Thanks for joining me, Michael. Thank you very much. Thanks for it. Follow us follow us on Twitter at tennis fan list and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.